Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Those of you on hold, you can stay there. You can hang up. We'll take calls towards the end of the show. We're just getting a little bit out of whack. Uh, not doing a good job with the clock today. Tom McMillan's going to join us in twelve at 12.25 in about 15 minutes. Um, as I continue in just kind of memor- uh, remembering Lefty Drizel, who was so significant uh, for those of us that grew up loving college basketball and loving Maryland because of Lefty's um, arrival. Uh, so, you know, I talked about him as a recruiter, and the recruitment of Moses Malone, you have to understand, there were highly recruited high school players before him. You know, there were, I'm sure Wilt Chamberlain was highly recruited and there were players along the way. But in 1974, when college basketball really started to become a big deal in the mid-70s, you could make the case Moses was the most highly recruited player in the history of high school basketball at that point. And he is still probably on the list of the top 10 most highly recruited players of all time. People basically thought if you sign Moses Malone, you're guaranteed championships, plural. So Lefty recruited the hell out of him. And there is this story of, you know, he committed to, to Lefty, always considered Lefty to be a father figure throughout his life until he passed away. Remember, he passed away at a young age in 2015, Moses Malone did. Um, but Moses Malone was two days away from coming up to College Park to start classes uh, for the 1974 season. And the Utah Stars, who were an ABA franchise, showed up at his house and they had $250,000 in cash in a briefcase, and they spread it out over the kitchen table, and they said, we want you to sign with us and come play for us right now. Moses didn't sign with Utah that day. He called Lefty. Lefty told him and his parent and his mother and, and, and other significant people in Moses' life, he said, look, he said, you call them back and you tell them that if they come to the house with a million dollars, you'll take it. They came back two days later with a million bucks, and Moses Malone was off to Utah. Think about that. Lefty was guaranteed something he had not yet achieved, which was a Final Four and perhaps a national championship, if not two or three. Who knows? It could have been quite a dynastic run because the team that didn't have Moses on it that year in 1974-75, they went to the Elite Eight with their three-guard offense powered by Lucas Howard and Brad Davis. It's funny because Malone never played at Maryland, but over the years, Malone, when you heard him talk about Lefty, you would have thought he played at Maryland. And when Lefty would talk about Moses, he would say things like, well, when we had Moses, except Moses never played at Maryland. 
Um, the wins are so memorable when you think about Lefty. Uh, there were so many great wins. Uh, but there were also, and this is a part of his legend, the misses, the close calls, the losses that were so painful, which made later wins that much more satisfying. Lefty lost his first five ACC tournament championship games. All right. 72, they lost to Carolina by nine. 73, they lost at the buzzer on a David Thompson tip in. They lost 76 to 74 by two. The 74 game, the legendary three point overtime loss. In 1980, Duke beat them by a point, but Maryland had the ball in the final possession. Albert King shot, hung on the rim. Buck Williams went up to tip it in, and Kenny Denard for Duke undercut him, and there was no call at all. I mean, it was robbery. Maryland lost by a point. In 81, the next year at the tournament played at the Capitol Center in Landover, they lost by one point to North Carolina. Um, Lefty had painful losses in the postseason in the Sweet 16. They lost by a point to Illinois in 84. That team seemed like a Final Four caliber uh, team. Uh, 1980 with Albert King and Buck Williams and Greg Manning and Ernie Graham, they lost to Georgetown in the Sweet 16. That was a hard loss for Maryland fans to deal with. In 85, they lost to Villanova in the Sweet 16. That was the Villanova team that went on, Raleigh Massimino, to win the title, beating Georgetown in the final and one of the great upsets in college basketball history. The Terps lost to Villanova in Birmingham in the Sweet 16 by three points. Bias was three for 17 from the floor. It was the only bad game Len Bias ever had, and it came in the Sweet 16. Um, But, man, they had some great wins, incredible wins. Some of you of a certain age remember when they beat South Carolina when South Carolina was in the ACC. The game was 4-3 to at halftime. Maryland held the ball, and then Jim O'Brien hit a shot at the buzzer or near the buzzer to win 31-30. That was Lefty's first big win at Maryland. They beat Carolina several times, although Dean really had his number. He was 10-29 and against Dean Smith, a winning record against all of the other schools in the ACC. Um, but I remember a game in which they were up 10 in the second half, lost to North Carolina 95-93 in overtime. Uh, There was the game in which he put his son Chuck into the game to take the last second shot. Chuck was not a regular player. Called a play for Chuck down one in Chapel Hill, and Jordan threw the shot into the fifth row. It was goaltending, we think. Um, they lost a uh, had a four point lead with 22 seconds to go in Chapel Hill at Carmichael and lost by a point. Yeah, there were painful, painful losses. The the wins though, um, the ACC tournament win 40 years ago this March when they beat Duke. This was before Shashevsky had taken his first Duke team to the Final Four. It was the bias breakout tournament as a sophomore. Had 26 in the final, was the MVP. And that's when you knew, wow, this guy is special. And Lefty had won his first ACC tournament after failing in the first five. Understand, I'm talking about the ACC tournament as if it was a big deal because it was. It was a massive deal. It was the way it was. It was the way the conference determined its champion, um, and winning that tournament in '84 may have been the most emotional win for any Maryland fan that was a big Lefty fan during those years to see him finally win 
uh, the ACC tournament. Lefty had Maryland ranked number two so many times, especially in the 70s. Never got him to number one in the AP poll. In fact, Maryland right now is the college program that's been ranked number two the most without ever being ranked number one. Um I talked about this on my podcast Saturday, but on Saturday it was hard not to think of lots of things when you thought about Lefty. It was hard not to think about ACC basketball in its heyday. He was such a big part of it. You know, he and Dean Smith and Norm Sloan, and then the coaches that would come, you know, Terry Holland, then the coaches that would come, you know, after Krzyzewski and eventually Gary, obviously a big part of ACC history. Um, but during the uh, ACC basketball heyday, you know, Maryland was the northernmost outpost, and they were treated as such. They were treated as, as kind of this Yankee outsider to the league. But nobody, nobody battled the rest of Tobacco Road the way Lefty did. Um, he, again, when he retired, he was number two on the wins list behind Dean or when he left the ACC, eighth all-time still on the wins list in ACC history. And consider this, they play a lot more conference games than they did back then. It's impossible to not think of Lefty's passing over the weekend and not think of Gary Williams. You know, Gary Williams is Maryland's greatest winner. All of us would say that, give me a game, give me a season, I'm taking Gary as our head coach. But we wouldn't have been as passionate about Maryland basketball had it not been for Lefty. And the foundation that Lefty left of Maryland basketball allowed Gary, after the Bob Wade probation-setting years, to turn it around probably faster than you would have been able to do at a lot of, their, uh, a lot of other places, in part because there was still this incredible pent-up demand for Maryland to be good. We wanted the days of what Lefty had provided, and Gary took that and then took it to a whole other level. By the way, Gary's still fourth all-time on the ACC wins list behind Kay, Dean, and Roy. Um, It's obviously, um, you know, you'd be remiss, I guess, although not necessarily immediately in the wake of his passing, to not discuss some of the complexities, some of his flaws that were certainly on display perhaps more after the death of Len Bias in 86. It's the saddest you know, day, one of the saddest days ever in the history of this town. Sean Taylor, obviously, and Len Bias are the two that come to mind in terms of you know, young uh, athletes in their prime tragic passings. Um, Lefty wasn't without flaw, um, but those days in hindsight were much more about Lefty doing what he thought was in the best interest of protecting his players. Um, yeah, uh, it's hard not to think about Lefty and not think about Cole Fieldhouse. For those of you that weren't Maryland basketball fans, 70s, 80s, 90s, but were big skins fans, Cole Fieldhouse was RFK. It was that level of electricity. There was nothing like walking through the entrance of that building on a January night for a big game between, you know, 10th ranked Maryland and number one North Carolina. And then you walk through that second set of double doors into the arena 
and it was electric like you read about, just like RFK was for the big NFC East showdowns and the Cowboys showdowns. That's why a lot of people ended up loving. If you went to a Maryland game not knowing what to expect during those days, you became like, oh, my God, I want to come back and feel this again. It was a cauldron, and it was bloodthirsty on so many of those nights. It was the best. Those are nights that we've talked about, Maryland people have talked about for years, and it continued with Gary, too, at Cole. It was the same thing. Um, and you know, the, the last thing I would say, and then we'll get to Tom McMillan is that lefty was like, you know, Scott said on my podcast and he tweeted out, he was one of one. He was a true original. He was totally authentic. And I think that's why he was beloved. And there was this attachment and this bond that he created with the fans, not only here, but man, I've gotten, and I think so many people have so much correspondence from North Carolina fans and NC State fans and Duke fans and Virginia fans. Um, A friend of mine uh, linked me to a Duke blog where there were just pages and pages from Duke fans about lefties passing over the weekend. Um, But it wasn't just that he was a winner, which which he was. He was just totally authentic and there was something about him it was the this mix of this southern drawl with you know a malaprop or four in a press conference that would leave people with the wrong conclusion about him he was super sharp he was an honor student at duke where he went and played college basketball. The, 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 the people that knew him and competed against him would always say, oh, lefty, he's dumb like a fox, which is, of course, a compliment. Um, but there are just so many things that you remember about that conclusion that people drew to sometimes about lefty, which was totally wrong. But there's this famous rant, the Akin coach rant, and it came in either – the days leading up to a big matchup against North Carolina. I've mentioned North Carolina a lot because North Carolina and NC State were much bigger rivals to Maryland during Lefty's era. Duke was the the number one during Gary's era. Um, but it was leading up to or perhaps post a game against Dean Smith in North Carolina, and somebody asked him a question about Dean Smith, and he went off and he said, You know, I may not know much about X's and O's like Dean does, but I can coach. I may not be as smart as Dean is, but I can coach. And that was lefty. Like, he he knew that Dean was great, um, but he hated being shorted uh, next to him because he could coach and he could communicate. And I don't know, he was a – he never backed down to anybody in that ACC when Maryland was kind of the redheaded stepchild of the league, and he never acted like anybody but himself. And I think that's you know a big part of what made him so memorable and so beloved. Uh, he was an original. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get to Tom McMillan next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Remembering Lefty here over the last half hour, and we'll let you guys weigh in at the end of the show as well at 301-230-0980. It is a pleasure to welcome on, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline, one of Lefty's greatest players, and maybe the player he was most proud of and spoke about the most, and that is Tom McMillan, uh, who joins us right now. I always felt like there was just something special about the way the bond that the two of you had and the way he felt about you because there wasn't a conversation about his teams at Maryland where he didn't say the only Rhodes Scholar in the history of the of the University of Maryland was Tom McMillan. So I'll start there. Your recollections of that, and do you think he had a special place in his heart that you did? Oh, gosh, it's great to be with you. You know, it's a very interesting question because Lefty was more proud of the, my Rose Scholarship and that accomplishment than any basketball milestone I ever achieved. And he was also proud that he had another Rose Scholar on his team in Davidson. So he was the yeah. only college coach ever who had two Rose Scholars. They're, they're few and far between in, uh, in college sports. And so he was a... He was just an amazing person. I went to see him two weeks ago. We had two hours just going down memory lane. Um, but as I said, people would be surprised to think, to, to hear that he always thought that was my greatest achievement, not not my basketball milestones. Well, I think he felt the same way about Len Elmore as well and going to law school and becoming, you know, uh, becoming a lawyer. He always seemed to, like you just said, accentuate the non-basketball part of your lives and the people that you became as much as the basketball part. Absolutely. He was so proud of Lenny for going back and doing the Harvard Law School and you know, he he really cared for his players. He kept in touch with them. He had this uh, unique bond. I mean, we did a 90th birthday party for him. For anybody that wants to, two years ago, anybody <laughs> wants to look at it, it's still on YouTube. It's called Lefty 9-0. It was two hours of all his former players, uh, Coach K, Steny Hoyer, all, Billy Packer, all this tremendous group of people who adored Lefty, and, and after each one of them spoke, he he came back and gave his own monologue. And what was amazing was his brain was so sharp, his acuity was so so much there, even at the end. And uh, as I said, when I went down to see him, I mean, we talked about so many things about, you know, he, he was talking about Caitlin uh, Clark and how good she was 
and then he was watching her on TV, and he said, she could play in the NBA. I remember he saying that <laughs> to me. So it, it, it was nice. I know it was hard for him at the end, but uh, it was just nice to see him uh, two weeks ago. I'm so glad, by the way, that he got in, Tom, to the Hall of Fame. That Hall of Fame speech, uh, you know, was memorable, uh, memorable 15 minutes. But I, I think, you know, for those that are too young to understand the reaction, all you got to know is that John Thompson, Mike Krzyzewski, and George Raveling were his inductors. I mean, that, that's, that said a lot. It was a beautiful program. And, you know, the sad thing is it took so long and it was because of the, you know, the the bias hangover when he Lenny bias dying, which was so tragic. And uh, you know, Lenny Lefty was completely exonerated on that thing. Yes. You know, you had a prosecutor in Prince George's County who was going after him, but Lefty was completely exonerated. And yet, you know, his basketball career was in shambles after that. You know, he he picked it up and went to James Madison, and you know, they had they, he won five consecutive regular season titles down there. And then he went to Georgia state and his career was just incredible because he won all those games. He was the first coach ever to win a hundred games in, in four different programs. But the bias incident was, was a tragedy, but you know, in 86, he, he got the award. It was so well-deserved and his speech will go down for the ages. It was incredible for an 86 year old to give to give that kind of extemporaneous speech, which was, uh, if you go back and watch, listen to it, it's just truly amazing. Tom McMillan joining us. So we used to do this thing that we called Lunch with a Legend, where we would sell tickets. We'd have a, a DC sports legend, uh, you know, join us down at Morton's on Connecticut Avenue. Um, and we did everybody in town. We did, you know, Sonny Jurgensen and Dexter Manley and Joe Theismann. And we did uh, Coach Thompson. We did Gary. And it took me forever to convince Lefty to do it because he wanted he wanted to get paid. And we didn't pay anybody to do it. Finally, we got him some money. And it, it shook free. And he came up to do it. The event, Tom, I think sold out in like five minutes. I think it was the quickest sellout we had ever had. And I've told this story many times to my many times to my listeners, but I'll mention it to you. It's eleven thirty, and it's supposed to start, and he's not there yet. And I look at my uh, my phone, and it's Lefty calling, and I said, "Coach, what's up?" And he said, "Kevin, I'm gonna need another fifteen hundred dollars to do this." And I said, "Are you serious?" And he goes, "No, nah, man, I'm just I'm just joking with you." I'm- off the escalator right now and he walked in and it was hysterically funny and then for two hours he just told story after story and one of my favorites was your recruitment and I'll let you tell it from your perspective but the net of it for those of you that don't know Tom McMillan was the number one high school basketball player in the country Walton was number two and it was Wooden and Dean Smith and Lefty and the biggest programs coming after Tom McMillan. And essentially the way Lefty tells it is you were headed to North Carolina, but then things got a little bit messed up on your drive from Pennsylvania down to Chapel Hill, and I'll let you take it from there. Well, that's a, that's a little hyperbolic, but what happened was I had committed verbally to Carolina you know, my mother wanted me to go to Virginia. She was close to the coach of Virginia, who coached in my hometown for a while. My brother Jay was at Maryland in medical school, played, of course, with Gary Williams. He yep. wanted me to go 
to Maryland. My dad wanted me to go to Maryland because he was it was close by and he could come to our games. Well, after I had made that commitment to Dean, uh, my my father uh, became ill and he was quite ill and I we were all worried about him and uh, you know I started rethinking it. Lefty came back on the scene. You know he had just gotten to Maryland. And I, I started really thinking about it. Uh, and, you know, earlier that year, I had been appointed by President Nixon as the youngest member presidential appointee, I think, ever. I was appointed on the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. And so I thought, wow, you know, here I am. I'm a presidential commission. I get to go to the White House. I can go to Maryland and be, you know, an All-American, not just another All-American. And my dad gets to see me play. And so the day before classes, uh, the registration was going to shut down. I, I called Dean, Dean, who was in Europe. I couldn't even reach him. I had to send him a telegram. And then I came to Maryland. And I got to Maryland literally at the last minute, registered cl- for classes. And uh, my dad saw me play almost every home game until he died my senior year. Well, he he mentioned, too, that part of it was – you weren't going to tell your parents what you were doing, but you needed your own dorm room is the way he described it. So Lefty went to, I don't know, Ellicott or Hagerstown or, 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 or Wicomico or what, Leonard, Leonardtown wasn't even built then in terms of the dorms. Um, and just, and basically took a couple of kids and said, I'm going to put you up at my house. This is Tom's room now. Is that hyperbolic? It's a little hyperbolic because, you know, I was a chemistry major, and that's pretty damn hard, and uh, I knew I'd have to study like a dog. And so Lefty did find me a small little uh, single room, but it was on the football floor, so I, which was supervised and very quiet. And so he did, he did come through with that. I did, you know, I, uh, I lived on that floor, but it was very, very good place to study. So uh, I, that was my only request, coming to Maryland. And, uh, yeah. you know, I need a room so I can study. And he, he did accommodate that. So we're talking to Tom McMillan. So, uh, you know, I've talked about many times in the past and today, the 74 season, which for me, Tom, I, I mean, this is the first kind of season I remember. Um, and my father was a big basketball guy and fan and a big Maryland guy. And we, we, we loved and grew up, you know, going to games at Cole and the whole thing. I think it was maybe the first big breakout year for college basketball as a massive sort of consumer product because UCLA had kind of owned college basketball. The NIT was kind of just as big as the NCAA, but everybody knows about the 74 game against NC state in Greensboro. Um, that was the closest really he got. Uh, tell me about that night. Tell me about your feelings about him never getting you know a chance to get to a Final Four. They went to the Elite Eight next year without you and Lenny. Um, but just what you remember from that era. Well, we started that season with a game against UCLA, yeah. only Pavilion, where UCLA had lost in like 78 times. And we had the ball with you know, a number of seconds left and uh, – we were only down by one, so that could have changed history right there. But we ended up playing that overtime game against State. It was a perfectly played game, few turnovers, great shooting. You know, they had their All-Americans. We had ours. And uh, Tom Burleson had a great game. Of course, David Thompson was one of a kind. And, uh, you know, we could have very easily won that game. Uh, we didn't. 
Lefty went on to the state bus, North Carolina State bus, after the game and congratulated them, wished them well. They went on to win the national title. But it was a time when, you know, at that time, there were only 25 teams in the NCAA tournament. And some of them were from co- small conferences where, you know, the big conferences, the Big East, uh, the PAC conference, uh, the ACC, the, those were the premier conferences where the best teams were coming out. And, uh, you know, along with a few other, but uh, many of those 25 teams were far inferior to us. And they got automatic, uh, you know, qualifiers into the NCAA terms. So the NCAA changed the rules after that. They opened it up. So now, you know, there's 68 teams that can get into the championship. Even when Maryland thankfully won the NCAA title under Gary, that year they lost the ACC tournament. So if that rule had not been changed, uh, it it would have, Maryland would not have won that national title. So the rule needed to be changed. It was very unfair. And, uh, and, uh, you know, we just, we were sort of the, the reason why, why it was, uh, why it was changed. Have you ever gone back, you know, that game exists on YouTube. Have you ever gone back and watched it? I've watched parts of it. Yeah. It's a, uh, People have sent. I have tapes of it. I've, yes, I've I've watched a little bit of it. I, I don't make a habit of watching too many of my past games, but <laughs> I did watch a little bit of that one. It was, uh, you know, we had a, uh, an anniversary last year. It was supposed to be the 50th. It was actually the 49th in Greensboro of that game, and uh, and Burleson and Thompson and Monty Tao came. And then on our side, Lenny, myself, and uh, Jab Trimble came. Uh, excuse me, uh, Mo Howard came, and it was really nice to see, uh, you know, Tom Burleson, who I've kept to, to, in touch with over the years. We played in the NBA together. We were on the Olympic team together. David Thompson, what a wonderful player, and so it brought back a lot of memories. Tom McMillan was on that famous '72 uh, Olympic team that lost after. Russia had three or four chances there uh, at the end. Um, you know, uh, one of the stories Lefty told, I'll, I'll never forget, about the 72 Olympic team. And he felt in later years that Bobby Knight was somehow responsible for keeping him out of the Hall of Fame because he was a Hank Iba guy. And Lefty was critical of Hank Iba's style in those Olympics and said, if we played my kind of basketball, which was more up and down the floor, we would have blown Russia out. Do you remember that? Yes, I do, and I had never heard that story, but it makes sense because Lefty also criticized us, including me, for not accepting the medal. Um, I think in the later years, I think he understood the reasons better. If we accepted those medal, they, you know, we would never had any focus on that game. By not accepting it over the years, has been tremendous tension played to the injustice justice of that game uh, but I had never heard that before it doesn't surprise me uh, Lefty was pretty hard on Hank Iba and, and quite frankly rightfully so I mean we played the slowdown game we should never have ever played the kind of game we were doing and you know Iba was, Iba was old school I mean he was a tough coach I mean he was an excellent coach but the game had changed so much uh, and uh, you know coach was honest and open that's how he always was 
and I never heard the, the fact that it could have hurt him uh, in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, I think during the you know the last fifteen years before he got into the Hall of Fame, certainly the last ten, there were lots of conversations about why he wasn't in, and so many of us thought it was a total injustice that he wasn't in, and of course he finally uh, did get in. Um, we are talking to Tom McMillan. What made him such a great recruiter? As I always said, it, you you think about a dog that grabs your pants that won't let go. Uh, <laughs> that's Lefty. He was indefatigable. He never he never quit. But there's another thing about him. He started his whole career as an encyclopedia salesman. Right. So he had to go around sell encyclopedias and deal with all the issues and rejection and all that. He learned how to sell. It's an incredible quality. And uh, he was a very good salesman. One time I, he was in my house in Pennsylvania, and I was telling him, Lefty, Maryland's not that good a school. Its library has far fewer books than Virginia and North Carolina. And Lefty just, without a second, said, Tom, when you read all those books at Maryland, I promise I'll buy you every book you want. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just not many people. Yeah, that can do that. But the right. fact of the matter is that that reputation clouded the fact that he was a very good coach. He was very right. fundamentally oriented. He he made sure that we were prepared. He 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 never wanted anybody to outthink him, outwork him, out innovate him. That's where a whole you know midnight madness came from. He didn't want anybody beating us to the punch on practice. So we are going to start at 12.01 on, on the track, running around uh, on the football field. And we were the first ones. And look at that today. I mean, it's such a big tradition that Lefty started, and that's the way he was. The idea of bringing the seat, seats down in Cole Fieldhouse. Right. My brother played with Gary Williams. It was like it was like going to a – a theater that was the fan, the fans were so far away from the floor, the stadium, Cole Fieldhouse was built for football in the fifties and lefty changed that around, put those seats down on the floor and turned it into really a Mecca of college basketball. And those are the, some of the innovations. The other thing that was really remarkable and, and very few coaches do this today, uh, he took responsibility for filling the stadium. He, he, we never, all, all of our games were so sold out. I mean, it was standing room only. And, and Lefty was proud of that. He took personal responsibility. How many coaches today take personal responsibility for, for filling up their arena? Well, there. Uh, Scott told me this story. Van Pelt told me this story uh, over the weekend. He said that the that Lefty had told him the first year when he brought the seats down to the floor and moved the students into good position, you had to get these risers to get the seats close to the floor, and there was an expense to bring these things out. And they w- the school wouldn't pay for it. So he got you guys or people associated with the team to do it. It was hard labor. But once it once they saw that it worked and that the place was filling up and the seats down on the floor were creating an atmosphere that didn't exist before, they finally started to pay for it. He was a marketer at heart. That's right. So he got volunteers to do that. And he did it in record time with those volunteers and that. It, it changed. It changed Cole Fieldhouse. I mean, it was it was very sterile. 
before that. I mean, and by the way, it's, it wasn't that novel. Maryland had hosted national titles. Right. I, in fact, I saw that 66 national title there against Kentucky and Texas uh, El Paso and Texas Western. And they had those seats down the floor and all the Eastern regionals, they had those seats down the floor and Lefty had played a Eastern regional game in Cole Fieldhouse. Davidson. North- yeah, when he was at Davidson, he saw that. It wasn't like he was some visionary. He saw what a difference, what a difference the arena was when it was uh, uh, configured down on the floor like that. So he was always thinking. He just was. He was, as I said, uh, insatiable about learning and and uh, indefatigable. I loved what you said, too, and I always felt that it was just an unfair knock. Great recruiter, okay coach. You don't win as much as he won being an okay coach, but what made and gave license people to say that is that he didn't take a team to the Final Four or win a national championship. But, you know, the best team he ever had probably would have been in the finals at the very least against NC State um, in 74. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I still think to this day there are non-Maryland fans or fans in the ACC that will talk about Lefty being super colorful and a great recruiter but not a great coach. Well, so ironic. Charlie Scott, the great – Carolina right. player who went on to such a career in the NBA. He had committed to Davidson. If Charlie had gone to Davidson, uh, he would have he he would have won two, maybe two national titles there. I mean, it would have been tough because UCLA was there, but he would have had a real shot at it, and uh, and probably he wouldn't have gone to Maryland after that. Charlie Scott was the really the the reason that. If he had gone to Davidson, he would have, you know, probably won a national title. Lefty might not have come to Maryland. I might not have come to Maryland under, under those circumstances. So, and then he goes to James Madison. He wins five consecutive uh, Colonial titles. No one has, no school has managed to win more than three straight since he was there. And he did the same thing at Georgia State. So, it's not fair to say that he wasn't a great coach because he truly was. And, you know, you mentioned the lifelong connections and, and relationships he kept, he kept with all of you. Uh, this was a pleasure. I wish we could do it longer. Thank you so much, Tom. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Happy to do it. Thank you for honoring him, too. Really appreciate yeah. it. Tom McMillan, everybody. Uh, a lot of you want me to tell the lefty milkman story. Uh, I'll finish up with that when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980. Caps hockey tonight. They're in action against the Josh Harris-owned New Jersey Devils, hosting them at Cap 1. Pucks drops at 7. You can hear that on our sister station, 106.7. The fan Terps on the road against Wisconsin. They tip off late at 9 p.m. You can hear that right here on the team at 980. In the NBA, the Nets promote former UConn head coach Kevin Ollie to interim coach to replace the fired Jacques Vaughn. News of his firing was released yesterday. NFL rumbling suggesting that Mike Evans might hit the open market as a wide receiver after he and Tim Tampa Bay still have yet to agree on a long-term deal. And that's what's trending. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, from Shelly, Kevin, I think you know this, but your passion for Lefty uh, is mirrored throughout the city. Um, yeah, thanks, Shelly. I appreciate that. A lot of you have asked me to retell the, the Moses Malone milkman story that Lefty told us during Tom and I's le- uh, lunch with a legend. I don't know when that was, 10 years ago or something like that. Lefty just one story after another. So I'll, I'll tell the story real quickly. Lefty told us the story of just the recruitment of Moses Malone, which I talked about earlier. Um, one of the all-time great recruitments. By the way, that recruitment was so controversial that everybody thought that Lefty cheated to get him. Uh, so there was all this talk of an NCAA investigation, and Lefty said something to the effect of, I welcome it. If I ever have to cheat to win, I've got other ways to make an income. None of Lefty's teams ever were on probation, uh, and there was nothing illegal about the recruitment of Moses Malone. But the story goes like this. So after Moses Malone in, in the summer of 74, in the spring of 74, committed to Maryland, and trust me, Maryland was then going to be the preseason number one team in the country for the next four years, as long as Moses stayed at Maryland. <clears throat> and uh, Moses called up Lefty one day, as Lefty told the story, and said, Coach, I can't get any pickup games down here. I just want you to know, to find good pickup games, I've got to go play at the state penitentiary. And Lefty said, what? He said, it's the only place where I can get a quality pickup game is at the State Pen down in Petersburg, Virginia, or somewhere near there. He said, also, Coach, by the way, there's this guy that I play against. They call him the Milkman. You should come see him play. He's the best player I have ever played against. And Lefty said, really? What's his name? They just call him the Milkman. I don't know what his name is, but he's 6'9", and he can play. So Lefty... Back then, you could do this, I guess. He calls up the governor of Virginia and said, Governor, this is Coach Lefty Druzel up at the University of Maryland. Uh, Moses Malone, you might know, is headed to Maryland this year, and he plays in pickup games at the state penitentiary, and he said there's this guy down there named the Milkman that can really play. What I'll do is I'll offer him a full scholarship. I'll mentor him. I'll get him an education. I'll keep him out of trouble. And he can come to the University of Maryland and play basketball if you'll let him out. And the governor said, well, coach, give me a day or two and I'll get back to you. 
So a couple of days later, he calls Lefty back, and he says, now, Coach, I don't think I'm going to be able to get the milkman to get to to Maryland um, and play for you. And Lefty said, well, why not? And he said, well, Moses was right. Apparently, he can really play. He's a dominant player. He's the best player in the in the state penitentiary. He'd probably be a hell of a college basketball player and maybe even an NBA NBA player. But the milkman got his nickname because he actually killed a milkman. For those of you who don't know what milkman milkmen are, way back in the day, there would be milk trucks that would deliver milk to houses. Um, but anyway, he said he killed a milkman. That's why they call him the milkman. And Lefty said, are you sure? Like still hopeful that maybe he could get the milkman. And the governor said to Lefty, coach, I promise you, the milkman ain't never getting out. Um, and with that, the milkman never played at Maryland, but Moses Malone never played at Maryland either. Uh, and I think a lot of people of that era think that if Malone had just played one year or two years at Maryland, Lefty would have gotten his national championship. As I mentioned, the 74-75 team, which would have been his freshman year, they went to the Elite Eight without him uh, and were within a game of the Final Four. Uh, But anyway, uh, rest in peace, Lefty. Uh, So many incredible memories and stories that uh, a lot of us will be telling for the rest of our lives. Uh, Thanks to Tom McMillan. He was great. Field Yates joined us on the show. So did Chelsea Janes. Uh, Back tomorrow, Chris Russell is up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.